everyone. This is Nick Castle, better known as The Shape. And you are listening to the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. And Greg, I'm right out your window. in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that has always respected the philosophy of shit happens my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode our scanning of the skies comes to a close as we try to survive the entirety of the predator franchise and if you have been approached by chris hansen we prefer you not listen into our show but anyone can find us out by simply searching for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your hole. And of course, you can find us out on social media. We're on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And again, it is on that book of face where we again have an events tab, which again leads to shenanigans and <laughs> shenanigans as this episode is releasing on Friday, November 27th. It is the blackest of Fridays. Yes. Uh, and Screenland Armors, again, have your genre needs covered indoors, outdoors and virtually. Mm-hmm. And that Friday night fright. On November 27th, mm-hmm. the Kansas City Horror Club yes. bringing back a uh, yearly t- tradition. Tradition. Fourth annual. Fourth annual. Fourth annual showing of the Black Friday Chopping Mall. What better way to spend Black Friday than in a mall surrounded by your favorite genre favorites? And this is the one time we're going to ask you all to bring your own gum. Yeah, bring some bubble gum. At this point, we're not passing anything out. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but please, whether you're chewing through coitus or through killer robots. Come come for the kill bots. Stay for the head explosions. And also stay for the trailer reel that will feature Eric's Revenge, Phantom of the Mall 2. <laughs> <laughs> Kate, Kate, Katie Glidewell, a.k.a. the blot in front. We got I got a good reaction from her with that trailer run. So I got to you know throw that one out to her. And then, of course, that following Friday. Oh, we've got the month of December coming in. Yes. And I would like to say uh we can't show Bring It On unfortunately. Ah, oh, damn it. Because as cold as it is, and there's going to be Taurus in the atmosphere. Not this time, but to transition into the coldness, I thought a a cold movie would work mm-hmm. and one that is celebrating its 40th year of horror, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Ah, The Shining. The sh- yeah, exactly. We don't want to get sued there. Exactly. Which Famously went out in the first round yeah. of this uh, this year's Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament. Over. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> there is plenty of that. But maybe something else going on top of that. But indoors as well, we have a 25-year anniversary screening of a film that I saw in the theater. Weirdly enough, John Waters' Cry Baby. That's, that story behind it is weird. Well, yeah, and ideally I'm going to be hosting one of the screenings, so I'll tell it to those people. But I saw this film by uh, being part of the 41 Kids Club, <laughs> which was this little thing that where they would just send you to various movies. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that's where I saw like the Dark Crystal through. Mm-hmm. So it was legit. So 
how we came across, and I guarantee it was probably because it was probably presented as a musical of some sort. You're right. It's a musical set in the 50s. It's like Bye Bye Birdie. How bad could it be? Kids Me- love that stuff. Meanwhile, John Waters is like. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was hosted by the guy at the time. His name was Ken Houston. And he came out and he introduced the film. And I don't remember what he said, but I remember distinctly him leaving and never coming back. And little like eight-year-old Greg not knowing how to react to a John Waters film. <laughs> and you can argue Crybaby might be the most watered down John Waters. Mm-hmm. What did you say? John Watered. Yes. Even then, I left confused, confounded, but also not turned away. I was like, I there's something about this. Something about Hatchet Face. Just like... <laughs> And, and when you return to it as an adult, you're, oh my God, that's Iggy Pop. Like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, there are so many wonderful things about the movie. So come and check that out. Also, another film that I'm pretty sure I'm curious to see on our off screen guest here, I'll have to do a nonverbal confirmation, but a film I saw in the theater on the last day of school, which I think was my eighth grade year Indian Jones and the Last Crusade. I okay. like that movie. Yeah, you don't have to be nonverbal. Okay. <laughs> I like that movie. I really do, actually. And of the course, dog's named Indiana. And of course, in, pa- in lieu of the passing of Sean Connery, mm-hmm. which I had a chance to watch uh, from Russia to Love for the first time. So I like the fact that we're getting, I'm going to get a chance to see young Bond on the screen mm-hmm. and older Bond, who was kind of my Bond just in terms of Connery. Be an elder, you know. Right. My, the Rock is one of my all-time favorite theatrical going experiences of all time. Like when I saw the Green Flares, man, my knees were so tight. I wanted everyone to survive. Uh, but it's you know just the, the passing of a legend. And yeah. yes, you will be seeing the Jeopardy Sean Connery bit again on the pre-show, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen. It wouldn't be a memorial without the memorial, you know. Well, and of course. Considering that Trebek passed away recently, exactly. That's crazy. It isn't. It's a horrible, horrible. We movie. meet again, Trebek. I would love to think in my heart of hearts that they're sharing a laugh, going, "Where did that come from?" With those those morons, yeah. like really. But of course, maybe ultimately, it's like it reveals a darker side of them, like an E Hollywood true story, but the, like the one we don't know. Uh, you know, we can we can add our things to it, but again, that's indoors. Now, outdoors, they are going to have a. A tradition in the uh, the month of December. In fact, one of many screenings I know at this point. But Christmas Vacation. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. One of my favorite Christmas ones. And then also one that you know it's really funny that a lot of people will argue whether or not this is a Christmas film. Obviously, I think we all know where we stand, especially again our off-screen guests. But a uh, Die Hard. Yeah, absolutely, Christmas film, one hundred percent. And of course, then that is outdoor. Now, virtually that weekend on the twenty eighth. We're going to have our latest Shutter shout out. Mm-hmm. And this one is in, another, in lieu of another legend that has passed. The the great director, Larry Cohen. Yeah. We're going to do a double feature. And this is what's kind of cool. is, And this is what I like with Shutter is the fact that we're going to be watching uh, one of his feature films, which I think is going to be your first time. Exactly. And was a first time watch this year for me. I But I love Larry Cohen movies. I love Gritty New York. Dirty New York is the best New York. And and God told me to is uh-huh. super gritty. And the fact that she said like it's Richard Lynch in his in, in most ghoulish. Oh no, he's like a a golden ghoul is what he is. <laughs> I am a one. golden ghoul. No, sincerely, it'll Oops. make this so much. <laughs> and you're gonna have two moments where you're gonna go, oh, it's such and such. Trust me, you're gonna have a good time. And then we're gonna follow that up though on Shutter with the documentary of King Cohen, mm-hmm. which is then just a celebration of the work and to get some insight to 
how he worked yeah. in those gritty streets of New York. It's crazy. His story is nuts. Well, and also you realize why his movies are so gritty, mm-hmm. just because he was very much a guerrilla filmmaker. Now, of course, those are going to be streaming on Shutter, and they do have a seven-day free day trial. But if you would like some customized content, including a pre-show, intro, trailer reels, then what promises to be a gritty discussion post-films. Anything with Richard Lynch. <laughs> oh, yeah. I get, can't wait to talk about that. Between Richard Lynch and Dorothy Lynch, it just whatever you put on and it's going to make it a lot different. Oh, yeah. Well, that's... <laughs> head on over and become a member of the Screenland film family by uh, becoming a member of their Patreon, patreon.com slash Screenland. Now, of course, if we are talking film family and Patreon... A Pally. We are going to give a little shout out to our latest Patreon Pally. And this one just so happens to be a member of the Screenland film family as well. Awesome. I love the connective tissue there. Mm-hmm. But uh, one Nathan Heredia recently found his way into the world of horror and most recently found his way into our podcast. X, there is no life I know. That compares to pure imagination. I would love to be somebody's horror Willy Wonka and be like, check this out, you know, and like, that's well, awesome. And what's wonderful is I reached out to him, you know, say, hey, thank you so much. You know, thank you for coming in and joining us. But um, I always kind of want to find out what people got, what got them into horror. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned um, that the film that really kind of cemented his love of the genre was Don't Breathe. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> No, for genius to laugh like that. <laughs> I got I got a good story. So one time I'm hosting Don't Breathe, right? This is it, it just came out. And let's just say we're recording this right before Thanksgiving. Right. It, put a little context. It just came out. And uh so these two this this like maybe fourteen year old girl and this mom comes in and and they watch and they're like well, and at the end I was like, So what'd you think of the movie? And she goes, Well, everything was great, but that last part and the one with the burster yeah she goes yeah i don't know about that and i go that was kind of messed up to watch too and so there's just kind of like Mur. so and there's like talking about don't breathe and telling you that's a great thanksgiving movie gather around the family get basted get wasted it'll be great well, Nathan, I'm so glad that that didn't turn you off. In fact, I think that actually speaks volumes. The fact that it's like, you know what? I if think that's I- the entry. If that is your entryway, I am so excited to see your journey. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I am. I'm looking forward to like because once you start with don't. I'm not saying that that's like super hardcore, but for an entry point, that's. Okay, just stop. That sounded bad. Just stop. <laughs> Once just I stop. said that, you gave me that look. I'm like, oh, yeah, unintentional. <laughs> we don't edit a lot, and I won't edit it, but oh, Lord. And I'm glad you got that look, too. I was like, oh, oh, Lord. I didn't mean it like that. I didn't even mean it like I that. Could, like, before we get to the predator, not angry, just disappointed, genius. <laughs> right. But no, actually, you know, you talk about his cinematic <laughs> journey. If you would like to follow uh, Nathan's uh, cinematic journey, just head on over. He is actually on Letterbox under his name, Nathan Heredia, H-E-R-E-D-I-A. And I'm going to shout out one of his particular reviews in his, uh, it was a first screening for him. And it's a film that's an, I've seen that for me, mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, Terrence Malick's Badlands. I've seen that too. Okay, exactly. It's from 1973. Mm-hmm. It's got. Um, Is it Ozploitation? It's not quite that. No, it's. Oh. Although its setting could easily be translated to an Ozploitation film, 
But this has got Martin Sheen and Sissy Spacek, young lovers, rebellious, blah, blah, blah. Here's Nathan's review. Think I might be gay for Martin Sheen in this film. Be right Brack, trying to figure things out. <laughs> That's a solid review. That's funny. That's legit funny because uh, 1973 Martin Sheen, I can understand. That, that, totally, that totally buys. <laughs> but, you know, head on over to a letterbox and follow Nathan's cinematic journey here as he goes from classy cinema to genre cinema mm-hmm. to things like Don't Breathe and Beyond. Uh, and if you would like us to uh, plug and promote something or wax your car a little... Come on over and be part of our film family by heading to patreon.com slash nightmare junkhead. Mm-hmm. You're fucking rad. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you. Now, this whole scanning the skies and terror thing has been fun mm-hmm. because we started very classy. Very, cl- very classy. With District 9. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of shows you. Social, relevant issues, you know, satire and in in a, done in a very good way. Shows what the horror genre can really do. Mm-hmm. Then we went. A little more trashy with extra. The opposite side. Well, you know, and again, we just came out the gate running, kind of like an extra. Just, just. There you go. And now, as we close out the month of November, we realized that we made sure to, we had a number of films that we were going to cover that we had to actually squeeze out because of the Halloween hangover. Mm-hmm. I believe it was Attack the Block. Yes. Sadly, but. We'll get to it. From the get-go, though, we knew we wanted to close out the month in a larger-than-life way. And what better way than to tackle a franchise that is just... They're still talking to it today that, in the midst right now... They just announced today that they're going to make another movie about our favorite intergalactic hunter. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And we realized a larger-than-life franchise deserves a larger-than-life episode, but that also deserves a larger-than-life guest host. And, good Lord, of course, if we are talking Predator, if we're talking anything action-horror-oriented, there's only one person that we can call upon. Oh, yeah, only one person. You know him as the co-host of the Media Rewind podcast. Please welcome back to Nightmare Junkhead, Dustin Pryor. (laughs) Thank you, genius. I appreciate it. It's great to be back. The over-under <laughs> on bad Arnold impressions, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, and that's just the first movie. We haven't yeah. even gone to part two when we, there's going to be the over-under of Gary we, Busey's. We haven't even talked about the first movie yet. We I know, right? <laughs> we haven't done a proper introduction at this point. <laughs> We've probably lost so many people, but please, for any newbies out there, where can our listeners find you out on social media? Plug and promote away. So, Media Rewind Pod, we cover Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. uh, Into the Badlands, the pur- USA's The Purge. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, so, so shows that are no are longer, longer gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's I mean, our back catalog. Yeah, that's our back catalog. Okay, but okay, right now, we're, but we're covering The Walking Dead, the, uh, the, the new world, the world beyond, and we're doing uh, just random action movies. Right now, we're still got to get some more. We got to get back on the Scat Atkins diet. <laughs> Not the Scatkins diet. Scatkins. The, the Atkins diet. Scatkins. Wow. But you can find us on Twitter at Media Rewind Pod. You can find uh, Genius at L underscore Genius and then me at Mount underscore Baldy. Excellent. Excellent. I just wanted to make sure because, yes, uh, obviously you guys are definitely putting out content. And I was like, wait, those shows don't exist anymore. But no, if you want to get an idea, listen, a lot of people know just in terms of Genius and I, the chemistry, you know, we've known each other five plus years at this point. Yeah. So it's a, definitely a burgeoning friendship. Five years of chemistry, five years of, you know, shared knowledge. 
that just barely scratches the surface of what you guys have <laughs> on Media Rewind because yeah. you have known each other for many moons, and that's, I think, where the joy of the show comes from. So, again, thank you. As someone that doesn't watch the shows <laughs> but just follows along, it is appreciated. Hey, man, we, we have a very loyal audience. Well, I'll just put it that way. Shout out to Lance. Paraguay is uh, represented. Now, you have been on the show many times, and whenever we have you on the show, typically... It's for something action oriented. Mm-hmm. Now, occasionally, it will we will definitely get you out of your comfort zone <laughs> and be a, and you can be a member of society. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I need, you, to, I need to hand sanitize just after that comment. <laughs> but but you did bring an Al, Alan Silvestri score to the shunting, so at least you mm, have yeah, very true. There's some representation there. <laughs> but when we were putting this together, immediately it's like, well, Dustin's got to come on because it's Predator. It is Predator, and we've devoted, uh, you actually let us borrow your vinyl mm-hmm. for the Predator score. Yeah, if you go back to score. yep. yeah, scoring with Predator, which sounds a little bit weirder. Sounds like an <laughs> ice cube thing that we did. Sounds like we're, we're now on the list. Yeah. Step on over there. Right. I don't want to have a seat. But we, we, of course, you are definitely our go-to on that, and we're definitely going to go ahead and look at Predator, Predator 2, mm-hmm. Predators, and then we're going to f- finish things up with The Predator. Yes. And we definitely want to start chronologically. And going back all the way to 1987, Dustin, do you remember your initial interaction with Predator? Yeah. Uh, my oldest brother was big into like lifting weights. So, you know, like he was the the Arnold freak throughout the 80s, right? You know, pumping iron. It's like, I'm coming. Well, not like that with my brother. Thanks. No, no, not. <laughs> Dirty bastard. <laughs> but no, um... You, know, you my, say pumping my, iron have lava. <laughs> I'm coming. My brother was a huge Arnold fan, and you know he he heard about this this movie coming out with Arnold because you know he was on the 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 heels of you know uh, Commando. Commando and Conan and all this other stuff. So mm-hmm. they were like, oh, this this new movie's coming out, The Predator. So we we go ahead and that opening weekend it was AMC South, and it, this was back in the days when you know, theaters were very lax with their uh, their age restrictions and requirements of, of oh, having yes. of having to have an adult or you know whatever. So my brother, I think he was like seventeen at the time. You know, I'm seven, eight. And so we go to watch Predator on opening night, and then again the next night, and then again <laughs> Sunday afternoon. So I mean, I saw that movie three times opening weekend. So it started early with oh, you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, if you actually go back to even like our nerds and nostalgia catalog, the very first commentary we ever did together was Predator mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the backyard, yeah. appropriately enough. <laughs> this man can quote it. I mean, literally can quote the entire movie. We have seen it in action. It's a lot of fun to play that game. Now, yeah, Genius, do you remember your initial interaction? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw uh, that Saturday opening weekend at AMC Indian Springs. Indian Springs yeah. The bottom show, the first runners, because the top the top floor was for the dollar show, but the bottom floor was for the t- first runs. And uh, my mom, she's like, hey, you want to go see that new Arnold movie? Yes, I do. Right? Because she likes action movies. And she likes action movies a lot, actually. So we're down for it. Plus, like... We didn't know what to expect. The poster was slick. I mean, it just had Arnold and crosshairs in like looking like almost a night vision and shit. It's like, oh, this looks rad. Somebody's hunting Arnold. So like, yeah, of course you want to see what it is. Oh, I even remember the the teaser trailer attached to a movie. I since have forgotten what it was attached to because my mind was blown by that teaser trailer. And all it focused on was just some very quick shots of Arnold by himself in a jungle 
and just being hunted. And there's that last shot when he's all in the mud. He's going, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and then just Predator. And then that shot of the, the, the Predator vision. And I just was like, what is this movie? And as a bunch of us, I was probably way too young to see this in the theater. But the very year I saw RoboCop. So yeah. Predator was almost tame in comparison. But I had my mind blown. But probably the same reason for you, because up until 1987, this was probably the rare occasion where Arnie had a crew of guys that were just as beefcakey as him for the most part. Yeah, and a whole squad, you know, and then you get taken down, picked off, you know, one by one. Yeah, that's even crazier. But yeah, but yeah, you're like you said, you're used to seeing Arnold as the one man army, as the boom, 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 boom. Right, the guy who's doing all the feats of strength, or how's it? Herculean strength. Exactly. Release the episode. Release the episode. Yeah, come on, Patreon. Release the episode. Need to put some pressure on Greg about releasing. There's a hidden. There's a missing hidden episode where we do a a commentary. The audio, the audio is just a little off. That's all I'm saying. It's just a little off. But uh, no. I don't even know where this is going. No, we're used to seeing him as this one-man army. And again, to have a crew, this almost, it almost seemed prime for action figures. At that young age, it felt like one of those cartoons because we're used to G.I. Joes. We're yep. used to He-Man. We are, that's our heroes growing up. So when we see these enormous bodybuilders living masters of the universe without, <laughs> use the tones without that. <laughs> the tones are the key. Right? It's awesome. It was fantastic. And I remember just like, that movie is so great. And still to this day, it holds up so well. It's Listen, I adore the movie. It's one of my favorites of all time as an Arnold film, as a pseudo slasher, Mm -hmm. as we've talked about. But also in 1987, I think we were really starting to see the transition into a different kind of action star. Because that same year gave us Lethal Weapon, Mm -hmm. which had Martin Riggs a la... Mel Gibson as a much smaller, still in shape, but compared to Arnold, just would have been just he would have called him a girly man at that point. <laughs> but made just as big as an impact as Predator, and definitely signaled, I think the the new generation of the action star. Because can you argue that anything after this, in terms of action for Arnold, he did? He, oh, okay, no, never mind. Terminator Two did come out in ninety. One oh, well, so. true lies is dope, but you but also got to think too. I mean, you're talking about you know kind of the slimmer, trimmer, more like I guess uh, streamlined action hero. I mean, because you think about Arnold when he was Conan, he was fucking huge, he was a monster, he was he a was, monster. Yeah, he spent only or his right. he's the mountain. Yeah, but then you get him to kind of kind of trimmed down for Predator. I think he lost like 40, 50 pounds, something like that. But he's still huge. Right, he's still chiseled. But then, like you talked about, you know, you've got the diehards. you got Bruce Willis mm-hmm. taking over. And di- Bruce Willis is not a, you know, chiseled guy. No. I'm he's or, just an everyday man. Exactly. He's a signal, like, the, the transition. Yeah, yeah. Everyday schlub could actually be your next action hero, which I think was attractive because most As long people, as you have quips. Well, yeah, well, well, I think more people look like Bruce Willis than they do Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, yeah. You know, you don't have to actually project too much on that. But that's not to take away anything from Predator because I think it's a celebration of all of those things. The bombastity because there's nothing. Predator is so many things, but subtle it is not. Right. I mean, it is just the most (laughs) in-your-face, violent, sci-fi, action, horror 
machismo film ever. And the fact that this machismo is being like, and and these action heroes are being taken out. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, and he they project them initially to be the biggest and baddest this mercenary crew, a crew of Rambo's, a crew that where when you have Jesse Ventura popping off of the helicopter with his MTV shirt on. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is about that, but there's just, even as a young kid, I'm like, because I, I, as a young kid, I liked MTV, and it's like, oh, that guy likes MTV. I'm going to like this guy. He's a sexual tyrannosaurus. I want to be a sexual tyrannosaurus. Bill Duke walking off with his suit. In the middle of Guatemala in a three-piece suit looking pimp as shit. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Everybody has their own personalities. They're like the Spice Girls of mercenaries. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and I've got a theory that you know the the big theory behind the film was that Sonny Landham needed bodyguards to kind of protect everybody else from him. Mm-hmm. I don't think he went to wardrobe the day that they shot that part coming off the plane. I think he just dressed in that Puma tracksuit. The suit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, uh, Mr. Landham, uh, this this is your call, sir. Get the fuck out of my trailer. <laughs> and honestly, I can you go to wardrobe? This is my wardrobe. You know. I, well, I think he's wearing the same thing in Action Jackson. Actually, <laughs> I'm pretty that's sure his, that's his. I got a signature look. <laughs> He's sitting in the mirror. <laughs> well, it, also, it should be noted, that, of course, uh, this film <laughs> spawned two eventual state governors. Yes. Crazy yes. enough, which, and if you would have told me back in 1987 that, you know, talking about this film 30 some odd years later, that that's the case, I would have gotten, there's no way. And it would have. And for all intents and purposes, they're good governors to their states. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, depending on what. I don't know. Depending I don't live. In, Iowa, yeah. Right. I don't live well, in those states. But I mean, they those states aren't gone. Well, and, uh, it, <laughs> they're still around. So for all intents and purposes, they did a good job. As long as they don't drive it into a post-apocalyptic setting, we're good. Right. But it should be noted, we don't really, as a horror podcast, really get to talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger all that often Mm-mm. because beyond like end of days. I was gonna say our end of days commentary coming soon. No, no, no. no. <laughs> get back to hell. But we really don't get to talk or <laughs> sing his praises enough as a genre actor. But also, even in today's day and age, just like a pretty genuine good human being. Yeah, which Beating is goats and shit and out of his kitchen. No, Lulu and whiskey. His little donkeys. Well, his you donkeys. Know, what I need actually <laughs> is a camel and he punches. He adopted it after the movie. I feel bad for hitting you. And then we have to take five takes. I hit you five times. Who is he? Oh, Arnold no. Lo- Arnold Loomis? <laughs> ah, the shape. I shot him six times. You don't know what that is. <laughs> Lonnie, get your ass. <laughs> hey, Lonnie, get your ass away from it. And then you hear. <laughs> or like Lonnie's going up. Three little dots. Just <laughs> I should try to reel him in, but I'm actually enjoying this too much. So I'm just like, no, no, let's just let this go. Let's let's see where this happens. I would love to see Arnold as Loomis. <laughs> well, that speaks to the strength of him. We again, we do not come from a place of irony with Arnold. No. Like we we grew up with him. He was larger than life, and you see him in a movie like this, surrounded with these other, as Mac would say, beefcakes. And that's the other thing that I do think watching it with fresh eyes now is. I can also appreciate the fact that, yes, this movie is so over the top that they do have everyone stripped down because that's what the action figures looked like at the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, like you said, the He-Man, the Masters of the Universe figures, 
I'm not going to say they put out a weird body image for kids, but like that V shape. They <laughs> did. I yeah. mean, they did. Look at look what we're talking about. Look at people going to the gym. Like, dog, get him a pump on, you know? And it's Thir- like, 13 inch waist, 65 inch chest. It's like, <laughs> Jesus, what are you, an upside down triangle? Get right? out of here. It's like you get the, you look at shit like that. Look at me. I'm like, I gave up a long time ago. I was like, I ain't ever going to be that. So fuck it. I'm going to go on the opposite side of the spectrum. I'm going to be more Ram Man than He Man. And so, like, <laughs> better than full. Nice I be- like that. Be- better than Fisto, my friend. Yeah, that's but i even remember drawing figures on my trapper keeper that would look exactly like that i mean they looked like they had some issues and we'll we'll get back to my trapper keeper here well i think they got big giant heads that you honestly they look like maybe almost cronenbergian Like because 17 muscles on the arm. They really did. It was overemphasized. <laughs> it looked like a uh, Rob Leefield drawing. Yeah. <laughs> they had no feet, no but they feet. had muscles on top of them. And again, but I that was something that I was drawn to. I was catered to. And then when you'd see that on screen, and then when you'd get Stan Winston's creature design, because... So better than the carrot. So better than the <laughs> carrot. Oh, what we could have had with JCVD. Oh, mm-hmm. my... Well, this film, not only is it just phenomenal as an action film, as a sci-fi film, as a horror film, is also a classic what-if film. Because as you guys, as we just mentioned, the original creature design was supposed to be this oversized lizard that as, what is, what it was a... Jean-Claude Van Damme, and it was an orange lizard. It looked like a big-ass carrot. (laughs) It could have been so disastrous. I mean, just so many things could have gone wrong, but in then walks Stan Winston... In walks Kevin Peter Hall. And just does a phenomenal job. He made that character. Like, he fleshed out that character for having two words the entire... Well, five words. Well, Kevin Peter Hall was a trained mime actor. Yeah, and it shows. Yeah, that's the reason why he was so expressive in just his movement. I mean, because there's one part in particular that I always go back to. It's it's the part where he's chasing after Arnold after he goes over the, the waterfall. And the Predator's like run running but he's doing it like in a real heavy like thunk 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 and he jumps down and he does like this weird crouch and then kind of pulls himself up like super slow you don't see that in movies i mean that mm-hmm. was terrifying yeah it, you know i'm eight years old watching this going oh shit arnold's gonna die <laughs> well it, really, really quickly though you just spoke on it, it was terrifying mm-hmm. the original predator as a kid is a scary film yes it is because it presents itself as a good horror adjacent movie as a horror film disguised as a sci-fi film as disguised as an action, as an action film, film. Mm-hmm. sorry but no it is it is a film i can go back to and show yeah there are moments that are still scary the suspense that's built, everything built around it. Sorry, genius. No, 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 that's okay. But it was like, it's like when, um, like Kane Hodder was talking about when he was talking, what he does different in Jason, how he brought that like heavy breathing like a predator going ready to strike. But the way Kevin Peter Hall, he is like an actual, I mean, predator. We're using the term extremely literally because he looks like he's ready to strike and we yeah. know he's ready to strike but yeah that like well he's also very graceful as well mm-hmm. there is a moment when he's almost skipping across the wa- the the rocks that's another favorite shot of mine but the design of everything the armor even the effects of the glimmer and the yeah. predator vision at the time was very revolutionary and it added that just extra the point number one it was a point of view shot which you would get in your slasher films. Mm-hmm. Because you guys mentioned it is a once you get past the bombacity of the first film, 
The first, the first part is basically the ending of a regular action, action movie yep. because you have like the the camp blow up. I mean, huge just, set piece. Exactly. Like, With, okay, now Dawn's time to go home. You know, and then like, and that's also where we get Sven Oli Thors or Thorson in the movie's film. over. I killed Sven. Yeah. <laughs> that's when it ends, isn't it? It really is. Oh my god, I didn't realize it. <laughs> that's Arnold's. Uh, I'll be right back. Yeah. Just that that assumption there. But yeah, that knock knock, and it's like it's blink and you miss Sven. But that action scene in and of itself showcases all of the guns, which, again, we'll get to another showcase, but it just gets to show you how awesome these guys are. And But they're not inhuman. No. You know, you know you're, you're shot, you're bleeding. I ain't got time to bleed. Thank you very much. <laughs> Easiest call and response I've ever done in my life. Jeez Louise, sorry, that's low-hanging fruit. Uh, but it just kind of humanizes them, and... As repre- the the dialogue back and forth, the fact that Shane Black has throws out that same joke time and time again, mm-hmm. trying to get a laugh. That <laughs> I'm almost curious to find out someone watching this for the first time how they would react to those characters because we've grown up with them, and I'm going to make an argument um, in relation to the last film that we're going to talk about, The Predator. That I think he tried to recreate that, and I just didn't think yeah. it worked as well. No, but I and, and I'm curious though. It's is it because that I'm looking with this with nostalgia? Like if someone fresh comes in, are they going to view it like I do, the Predator, or does this hold up truly? I think you're asking the wrong people. Pat. I know I'm. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. like, of course we're going to say we think it's going to hold up because it's a fantastic fucking movie. But I think it. Especially with part one, standalones on its merits. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think it can. I think it still hold hold the test of time. Now it probably won't shine anymore because of unfortunately a lot of the diminishing returns on the franchise has took away some of that sparkle and tarn and tarnished the star a little bit. But at the same time, that first one speaks volumes and it works on all those levels it works as a genre mismatch it works yeah. on horror it works on action it works on sci-fi you know i mean you it's 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 a buffet. i use this analogy a lot but it's a buffet horror movie did mcturnan ever get to do a kind of a almost well i guess the 13th warrior is a little bit little bit whereas a genre mishmash mm-hmm. where it's a number of things because yeah he really balances it really well mm-hmm. well no i guess he doesn't because it's all action one thing and then all horror and the other but he does them really well. It organically, because like, yeah, okay, so if I was Predator, I'm not going to jump in the middle of that firefight. I'm going to let this play out and see who wins, well, then take on. Well, and then that moment of the film, which has been parodied so many times, but the the, the emptying of the Gatlin gun, of old Painless, when we really get to see it just decimate this forest, it's unreal. And multiple times we hosted that at a draft house and where you'd have the little cap guns and it was just pop, 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 pop. <laughs> It's that that entire theater was, was filled with smoke. Filled oh. with smoke, dude! It looked like a Snoop Dogg concert. <laughs> it was just so filled with smoke. It it's it smelled like that that sulfur, like, and I think it's it smelled like a snakes, Snoop Dogg concert. The like snakes the from the Fourth of July, yeah. It was yeah. so it was so funny. It looked and smelled like a Snoop Dogg concert, rolling down those trees. <laughs> but at that point, you better get your giggles in because then the predator comes in and, like a good slasher, just takes everyone out one by one. I thought you were about to say, like a good neighbor. <laughs> predator is there. <laughs> I saved you 15%. <laughs> All of a sudden, like, he blows up Steve's I, car. No, no. I, I'm sorry, sir. I already have, I already have insurance. Boop, 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 bo
Okay, so <laughs> here's my thing with the first movie. You guys know how much I love that movie. You yes. adore this film. You, you want the hottest of takes. Uh oh. I think I think Richard Chaves is the most undersung actor in that entire film. He well he's he he unfortunately he's literally carried by Arnold through the you know mm-hmm. the last third of the film and I think people forget him but no he is he interplays well with everyone. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, but the the real reason why I say like he's the heavy like the heavy carrier of, of the film, just what you were talking about the jungle scene where he goes, you know, they're they're going after the bodies and whatnot, and he comes back and he goes, no blood, no bodies, we hit nothing, and it's just like that was the chilling. That was probably the most chilling part of that entire movie for me because they mowed down half the forest yeah, and nothing they got deforested hit. half of the Amazon exactly. And, and at the time when it was all about stop deforestation, I know. we got a predator <laughs> movie. We got predator going. We got a mercenary taking out armies in Guatemala and half of Anchorage. E- so EPA hates this film, <laughs> right? Fucking tree huggers. <laughs> Fucking you know who? But you know who loves this film? The Gillette Corporation. Gillette, the best a Mac can get. Ah, nice. See? Nice play. Nice play. <laughs> that's such a nice little thing that he does, and it makes it so distinct. But that's also the power of all these. It, this is this is Bill freaking Duke. This is a great actor outside of genre, mm-hmm. regardless. And it shows, especially in that scene with um, when he's mourning Jesse Ventura. That is always a very heartbreaking yeah. scene. You well, know? also... I'm not going to say that Alvin Silvestri's score behind it is kind of a Sarah McLachlan cue, <laughs> but in the arms of the predator. <laughs> but it just adds the sadness to it. And can we talk a little bit about that Silvestri score? It is just so part of the DNA of the movie. Well, <laughs> it's, it's like uh, Bill Conti, and, yeah. you know, and Rocky. Yeah. I mean, there mm-hmm. there are some. I mean, I know we're we're fanboying out on this, but it is a Predator commentary. Come on, or Predator, you know, retrospective. But you you think about some of like the the most well known like soundtracks. You've got you know. Rocky. You've mm-hmm. got like the the Star 2000, Wars, two thousand one Space Odyssey. You've got mm-hmm. Star Wars. I, I think this is one of those ones where Alan Silvestri is is definitely under appreciated for a lot of the stuff that he brought to like the eighties and even in the nineties. So yeah, he is underrepresented. But the else though he he's the one that did the the Avengers theme though, yeah, didn't he? Yeah. So I mean, he he's still working and providing. But this is a movie that without the score would play well. But not the same. No, no. The score is a character. So you don't want to see like the, you know them running through the forest and you hear Benny Hill in the background. <laughs> I, that would work. I would watch Benny Hill Predator. Yakety sax. Well, man is the most dangerous game, but made comical with yakety sax, so that it works. And he's got the little like the 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 disc, and instead of patting the head of the old man, he's just kind of decapitating the old man's skull. He's clinging it off. Carrying the coffins constantly. That would actually... Oh, god damn. That would actually work. Well, that's what I think. <laughs> Technically, you can throw the Predator into anything as long as he's more of a periphery character where it's not necessarily the emphasis of it, but we'll get into that. But um, the final showdown, of course, is wonderful and gives us the all kind... the all Just iconic, you're one ugly motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And... The reveal. the reveal. What a great reveal. Because, again... He just... Just mind blown. Two there was two great reveals. The first one is when you see him out of his camouflage, and you're like, "What when the he ex- fuck when, yeah, is when he's repairing that?" Himself. Well, that and when he exposes himself, that sounds horrible. <laughs> he, he is r- predator. R- wrong he's, predator. He's this is a, not the Chris Hansen predator. He's got a fucking trench coat. 
<laughs> when he comes out of Calabunch, just unfurls it. I realize I should have said revealed maybe is the appropriate word. Still. Or... <laughs> oh, no, it's dirty this in is, all this context. Is a, this is a lose-lose situation. Man. <laughs> I do like that bit, though, when he re- to, um, um, uh, oh, my goodness, Carl Weathers' character. Mm. Oh, yeah. Dylan, Dylan. Yeah. And but Son then of a bitch. the dropping of the mask, and then just when you see the mandibles come out, <sighs> and the whole bit of the creature—it's so good, mm-hmm. so good. And the dreadlocks were a nice touch, you know those tendrils. Mm-hmm. It's just—it's very cool looking. The predator is a very cool looking figure. It's very savage and basic, and just you look at it and you'll know it can fuck you up. That's the brilliance of Stan Winston. Mm-hmm. I mean, he brought he brought just a few years before that with Robocop or uh, uh, the Terminator. Yeah. So he's had his hands and imprint on all of those things, and they're just made better based on that artistry. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. And then, of course, we set up the precedent as well, where if you beat a predator, he's all he's a sore loser. <laughs> he's he's like me playing playing Nintendo with my brother. You, you hit the top of it to make the cartridge jump. He rage quits everybody. <laughs> we just talked about how we we're pissed off at the, the, the mercenaries for taking out half a forest. He took off half of Guatemala, you know, just because like, oh man, I'm a sore loser. Beep, beep, boop, 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 boom. Well, and they talk of the honor of these creatures. That's not the most honorable thing to do, is it? <laughs> Quite honestly, I'm just like, really, guys? If it's... a predator explodes a forest and nobody's around to hear it, doesn't make a sound. Can't get captured alive. The, they're also they're, they're philosophical on their planet mm. as well. I'd like to say they're all beyond hunters. But no, in 1987, this is practically one of the best mishmash films. Wasn't expecting anything. Flash forward three years later, 1990, a film celebrating its 30th year now, we get... Not John McTiernan's Predator 2, coming back with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. We get Stephen Hopkins' Predator 2, coming back with... Danny Glover. Crazy enough. Mm-hmm. And... Getting over this shit. <laughs> and three years before, where Lethal Weapon was kind of transforming the face of action... Right. Here we get a sequel that... Now, here's not necessarily my hot take, because my ranking of these movies could change daily, but... I'm kind of leaning a little bit more towards my love of Predator 2 more than the original Predator. Oh, my. Wow. Wow. I think it's just because it's got Gary Busey. Hey, that's what it is. The power of Busey. Busey's loose all over this one. The power of Busey compels you. <laughs> you're not instead wrong. Your teeth spin instead of your head spins. <laughs> no. no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. The, the presence of Busey, the presence of Bill Paxton, yeah, the, it's a great, it's another great ensemble yep. cast, and it's also another great mismatch because oh. at the time you had the, the action instead of the military action of the '80s, you have that urban decay action mm-hmm. because we had like the lethal weapons, like the Death Wish, like all that stuff after it. So now throw that in the mix with sci-fi and horror, and again you got another recipe for goodness. Plus, it's like dirty LA. Oh, yeah, from the real jungle to the urban jungle. Exactly. You don't think they could have done Predator 2 in Kenosha? Right. Eventually, you'll get there. And, you know, that's actually... like Idaho, like Salt Lake City. Next stop, Walla Walla. It's it's the Predator equivalent to going into space. It's like when we go there, we're (laughs) the bottom of the barrel. Hi, I'm Predator, and we're here in Delaware. (laughs) 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 But, no, this is definitely... It ups so many things as you need to do in a sequel. 
it definitely ups the body quotient in terms of the body count. So many more killed. Uh, it ups the number of weapons that mm. you see with mm-hmm. the Predator. Uh, definitely, it doesn't. Uh, it stays about the same with the number of our main characters in terms of our main crew. But it also just it ups the violence level. This is one of the more violent films that I've seen in quite some time. Well, um, to you know, just to hate to burst your bubble, but El Scorpio was not ready. No, El Scorpio <laughs> wasn't. No amount of cocaine could have made him ready for Predator. I mean, he straight up Tony Montana that and got yeah, yeah. thrown off a building. El Scorpio is ready with his long hair. It's going to give me pain laid. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was a tragic turn, wasn't it? <laughs> like he survived Chief Woodenhead, but he ran afoul of Predator. All of his L.A. dreams. Because he was going to L.A. He was. So oh, Fatso funny. and Rich Boy are in the crew, too. Next thing you know, they're stringing upside down from the pen. <laughs> How'd they get up here? I don't know. But let's let Ruben Blades go up and check it out. Maybe he'll leave some paper origami up there. <laughs> now, is it Blades or is it Blades? Uh, no, blades. Sincerely. Blades. I've heard him pronounce. I've heard him pronounce it. Blades. Can we just call him Rubes? Ruben? Rubes. Ruben. <laughs> Actually, Rubes. I, even, I even liked a little bit of silence that was right there. Everyone looked at it like, really? It's like, no, really, no. I've seen him pronounce it that way, and I was like, oh shit, have I, have I been mispronouncing it? Maybe he's been mispronouncing it. <laughs> What's your name? I'll fucking know. He did too much coke with King Willie. <laughs> Pure dread. <laughs> Voodoo from the other side. Okay, 1990, the same year, Dwight uh, Dwight Little from Halloween 4 gave us Steven Seagal's Marked for Death. Yes. Was 1990 the biggest year for voodoo gangs in genre films? It almost had to be. Something like that. I mean, you only got it for like a year, year and a half tops, and then everything else just kind of switched. Yeah, there's not a lot of voodoo gangs anymore. Well, and that's Were there a lot to begin with? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I never hung out I, with voodoo gangs. I'm a middle-aged guy from Kansas City. I mean, are there a lot of voodoo gangs here? Yay, right? we're a voodoo gang, and we're here in Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> District 9 had a voodoo gang. That's very true. District 9. But, I, yeah, but where did all the, where have all the voodoo gangs gone? I, it was a glorious year regardless. Magic. And it's <laughs> constantly funny. Just the presence of one King Willie. And the fact that the, on the rust of everything, you have this FBI intervention trying to have King Willie and his voodoo gang from taking over the entire West Coast. Because the Predator took out El Scorpio and his like major gang. And that was a great action set piece right off the bat. Oh, it's ridiculous. I mean, just it's, a, it's like you said, it would be the end of a cop movie taking out El Scorpio and the big showdown in the streets. Well, you start in the jungle and then you get the concrete jungle. And the, meanwhile, you have the fucking Greek chorus played by uh, Robert da- Morton Downey Jr. Right. Robert Downey Jr. Well, I always thought they were related. I, I did always too. thought they were related. <laughs> I did too. I, I thought it was the smoking thing. The smoking and what? they're both swarmy in different mm, ways, yeah. you know, and just like I could see them. Like being from the same not hate-filled family tree, but loud swarmy family tree. Well, and I can only imagine there's going to be a subsection of the audience that who the fuck is that dude? <laughs> and he was basically almost like a YouTube personality before he was, there was. He was just, a Springer before yeah. there was a Springer. Yeah. He was the one like he brought people on just to fight each other, and he oh. would like yell and smoke in people's face. Let me tell you something, cheesecake, you know, and just like blowing people's like smoke right up their nose. And calling them assholes to their face and just—it was ridiculous. I loved that show. I watched that show all the shocking, fucking time. Shocking. Right? It was so trashy, and I'm just sitting there like, man, everybody on this stage is an asshole. I love it. 
Let me tell you something, beefcake. You know, it's like, what the fuck, man? Come on. The, where's the mayor? He's at home washing his tights. And it's just like. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going back to the cheesecake and the, the beefcake. Beef yeah, I was starting to get hungry there for a second. I'm like, I go for some cheesecake. Yeah, let's call somebody something ridiculous. Like he was Mo Howard or something. <laughs> get out of here, child. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I was about to call him a hockey puck there. It's just horrible. No. <laughs> he plays basically himself and it plays perfect. And even in 1990, I was still impressionable enough to think that, like, that was just a, like, a stone-throwing downtown Kansas City, potentially, right, with the street tubs. There's voodoo gangs. Everybody knows that. But, of course, then you add Predator into the mix, and honestly, this is where I think the gore level goes up, the gratuity goes up, because in in the first film, the only TNA you get is the the tree branch takedown, basically, when Mm. everyone's oiled up, and in part two... They level things up, but I mean, you get almost full frontal nudity here, almost both ways, mm-hmm. yeah. which I always forget about. And then you get those slam edits in to some slamming, technically, which, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, but that leads to the shit happens portion. Shit and that's when the voodoo gang gets taken down in spectacular fashion, where we see. All of the new stuff that the Predator has to play with. The nets and the, the spear. The discs. The flying disc, yeah. All of it. All of it. And I know, because given what we do watching the behind-the-scenes film, is they they deliberately wanted the second film to highlight all that stuff. To Merchandising. Merchandising. It's not unprecedented for no. an R-rated movie to get... Cartoons. Yeah. And there has been Predator comic books at before, before Predator 2 came out. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, that was the one, if I remember right, it actually had Dutch's brother Mm -hmm. as a cop in New York, I think, or something along those lines. In fact, I think they actually, they wanted Arnold to come back at the end. I think, actually, they wanted him to be Keyes' character, which... Hey, everybody, but then you wouldn't add Gary Busey. I know, what would I do then? I'm gonna piss piss on the kaiju. The kaiju? Hey, come here, Godzilla. I'm gonna piss on you. (laughs) And me and my my nephew are gonna ride my wrist. Silver bullet, ride it for tail, and up in your ass. Ah! But only if you get the kid from uh, Rumble in the Bronx to play the part, then it'd be perfect. <laughs> Jackie! And then like there. <laughs> but yeah, no, honestly, Gary Busey in this film, and this is before he really went off the rails. There's he's still in jo- Mr. Joshua Land. Oh yeah, only yeah, three years removed. He's not full on. Hi, you know he's. But he still brings that maniac when he's like. Fucking alien. Just every. You don't know what you're fucking with. Mm-hmm. Lions, tigers, bears. Oh my. <laughs> Sir, that's not in the script. I don't care. It, it, exactly. <laughs> I'm here in Delaware. What the fuck am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> what is it with you, Delaware, tonight? I don't know. Go home and watch Wayne's World again. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, it's. But that's the beauty of it. And that's why we're still talking about it because it is Busey. And Bill Paxton is the Lone Ranger in. So good. He he's again swarmy, but also so charming with his bad jokes. Mm-hmm. And I, that's a still a great joke. Why don't y'all just leave my underwear here? Oh God, what what is it? It's a urine, urine, feces, and semen sample. Yeah, I'm gonna, oh my God, <laughs> it made me miss him so much. Just because he's again one of those character actors that if he's the main like focus of your film, it's wonderful. But even if he's just like a small part like this, it makes the film that much better. Um, uh, Barita Conchita Alonza's mm-hmm. so good in this one, and then what? She's only three years removed from her role when uh, with Arnold in uh, Man. De- and Demolition. Clap if Not you Rain love Man. Dynamo. Dynamo. 
Demolition oh. and the Running Man, potentially. potentially. Oh, there we go. For a second, I thought you said Rain Man instead of <laughs> Running Man. And I was like, yeah, t- 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 definitely network programming. You know? Yeah, yeah definitely 496 toothpicks. Ah, definitely some zero. We're terrible. <laughs> it's time for Rich Dawson. It, who do you love? Yes. <laughs> oh, Christ almighty. I need to go take a break. I'm, I'm going to have a cadre cola here. Um, other things on Predator 2, all the, the weaponry. It's funny. It's it, a funny movie. Like well, It's comical. That, that, that You can really see Glover's timing of comedy when he's like, God damn it, and his fear. It's a running joke. It's not super played for laughs, but it's definitely funnier than the first one. You know what it is? It's sweaty. It's a sweaty yeah, movie. It is, it is a very moist Holy film. Holy shit, it is wet. It's like he sweats through his shirt like more than I do at a buffet. And even when they're all in suits in the middle of a cold, supposedly cold slaughterhouse, they're still like glistening and like with black light. Dude, that movie is moister than an oyster. It is a wet movie. I was going to go more for Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, but that works as well. Oh, my goodness. No, it is. But, I mean, it's set in the heat. And, of course, the Predator is drawn to the heat. It makes but sense. But it makes you hot. Oh, completely. You, just, you feel hot, you know? Well, even like uh, the, the, the subway scene, which I thought which played really well. Which yeah. Did you did someone here talk about like that should have been um, Jason that, takes Manhattan? That should have been Manhattan. That's exactly what a Manhattan should have been. With Jason in, like going on the subway and like... People start firing back like, fuck you, and just fucking them up. Because that's what Predator did. He fucked an entire car full of, like, innocent people. As long as they had weapons, and since it's dirty L.A., everybody has weapons. I loved it. That should have been, it should have been Manhattan. Yeah, Yeah, but can we talk about the most unceremonious, like, discharge of a, like, a cadaver ever? So, like, when Harrigan's, like, chasing the, the Predator out of the streetcar, he just grabs a hold of Bill Paxton's spine, just rips it out, and throws the body down on the tracks. That's I'm fucked like, up. I'm like, damn, dude, come on now. That's we insult to injury. We don't even get him to, like, get strung up by his heels or anything. Mm-hmm. He just gets thrown, like, a sack of trash. I just got what I came for. And I like the way Predator doesn't talk a lot, but when he does, it's great. I mean, in the first one, over here, turn around. <laughs> right? But in this one... There's something very pr- extremely creepy and very apropos to the Predator title when he's over there. One from candy, right? It's very Predator and very, like, on the list Predator. And he also differentiates facsimile weapons from real weaponry as well with that mm-hmm. little scanner. But he's also mean and taunting because he waits and he takes that uh, souvenir from, oh, from um, Danny. Yeah, yeah and, and the origami and brings it down. <clears throat> And gives it to him. Well, this is like the second film in a row that we had, like a little totem. You know, because you, Billy had the I'm mixing the characters up. I'm thinking... I've been, that has been bothering me since you mentioned origami, <laughs> man. You were thinking of Edward James Olmos. Almost from Blade, Blade Runner. Runner. Oh, uh, 45! Sorry, that was that has just been nagging me at the back. I was like, wait a minute. I, I just realized when you're like, wait, that's not right. I'm like... That like, is not right. Was Ruben Blades in that? It's like now, and that's why I've been like thinking, like I'm not even listening to the conversation. I'm like going through Blade Runner the entirety, and I'm in the director's one, so I've got to go through the narration and shit. I'm like, God damn it, get to the scene. That should tell your audience that you watch too damn many movies, uh, too many damn movies. <laughs> now, the moment that set a thousand fanboys' pants wet 
and all that kind of nasty stuff. Oh, I was one of the ones. I was in theater opening day when they're in the Predator ship. I was like, cool, we get to see the Predator ship. But then we get to see the Predator trophies. I'm like, cool, there's a dinosaur head looking thing. That's neat. There's that cool alien thing. That's neat. Wait, wait. Is that a xenomorph head? Fuck yeah! Oh, I was so stoked. So stoked. I was thinking, of course, it makes sense. It would make sense that a predator would try and capture an alien, you know? <sighs> See, okay, so I've got I've got two takes on that, man. One, like the, what was it, 1990, so I was 11. Okay, so I loved seeing it. You know, mm-hmm. I was a huge Alien Aliens fan, you know, huge Predator fan. I'm like, yeah, sweet. And then we got what we got, and we're not going to talk about it, but we got what we got, and it was just like one of those things where it's just like, right? Just kick me in the dick next time. Just don't, don't even put that teaser in there. (laughs) But I think if they made it, would have been better. It would have been awesome. I mean, that seed, it's perfect. Yeah, but some some seeds don't need to be planted. Right. Right. They. I mean, it's fine just being fan service. You know, Mm -hmm. the it's 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 fine just being there. But I don't I don't need the the schrodinger xenomorph skull you know what i mean just let it either die or let it live but in my imagination inside the box but also let it exist in dark horse comics because some of the the paperbacks i've read are really good cold war is great and they exist well within that because they're not necessarily restrained by budget and Mm, technology Mm -hmm. so and you have more time to flesh out the story yeah and then an also the fact that at the end we see realize that the predators have been around for centuries at this point, which again adds a little bit level to and, the mythology. And the fact that there's a ton Mul- of predators, multiple, like 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 a hit, uh, uh, they're on safari. Yeah, you think that's just that's my question with that is what were they all doing? Is that just a big safari ship then, and they were just uh, that was his place to go? Like, why weren't they all going out? No, I think they were voyeurs. Voyeur. You know, they, they kind of send them out because, you know, the, what they talk about in the, the Predator and in Predators, you know, what, what we've talked about, you know, in the other films is that they learn, mm-hmm. you know. So I think they were just kind of like, you know, voyeuristic, just watching, you know, trying to figure out what, what, what the species was doing because ah. they already had their ass kicked once in 87, right? So mm-hmm. they come back three years later and they're like, okay, so this is technically a physically less imposing individual than you know we faced before so what did we do wrong now yeah you know a scientific a scientific method i like that i was thinking it was just like okay this young warrior wants to prove himself a predator man yeah so let's (laughs) a predator man predator man predator man with the predator and the man and the predator man and he so let's go He's going on his hunting quest. He gets three days in L.A. Mm-hmm. Another one of those predators gets three days in it's the, like the jungle, possibly. But but maybe that's it as well. You know, it's just a big pleasure cra- a pleasure cruise potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one predator, like you said, one predator. Maybe one predator goes to L.A. One predator goes to New York. Go, one predator to rule them all. One predator goes to Delaware. One predator. <laughs> <laughs> but the question then is: Do if we go even deeper into that ship, do we prov- do we reveal like the pre- predator, like the lounge room where everyone just hangs out? Where were they all hanging out or while comparing he was doing trophies? His? Yes, like one comes in real gaudy, like where's like oh look what I got? Where is it on his shoulder? And it was like oh, fucking they're I playing can. Halo, fucking lag, <laughs> like the fucking. 
That one comes in with them like fucking Rick always showing off his trophies. God, do we need so like much. a real a real house predators of whatever, <laughs> or just a real world the predator office? <laughs> Who took the last of the peanut butter? I know you put your mandible in the peanut butter. That's, that's a nice Pedro pull. I like that. Wow. <laughs> Again, just dating us, my friend. Yeah, dating no, no us. Shit, yeah. Well, making sure we do not take too terribly long into this franchise retrospective. Final thoughts on Predator 2 before we transition 10 years later? I thoroughly enjoy the Predator 2. I think it's a worthy successor to the Predator. You know, I think it's a it's very it's more than serviceable sequel. Yeah, I, it's a great sequel. I mm-hmm. think people are starting to kind of it's gaining traction as kind of a cult favorite. People are returning to. And I think people had issues because it wasn't yeah. Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. It wasn't McTurnan. So it's the same, you know, there's no Michael Myers in part three, so part three is crap. So even though that's clearly not the case. Yeah, come for the Predator. These movies we're talking about, this is all about the Predator. And, you know, if we're lucky on the periphery, we get great character actors. And, oh, my goodness, you know, Predator gave us wonderful things. Predator 2 gave us wonderful things. Mm -hmm. And we had to wait another 10 years all the way until 2000 and, no, actually 20 20 years. Damn, 2010 we finally get Predators, and this was a first-time viewing for me. In fact, was kind of the main reason why I wanted to do this franchise retrospective was a, an excuse to watch that because <laughs> it's a classic. I've seen that. Like, I knew all the bits and pieces of it, but finally seeing it front to back, I'm just going to say this now, and maybe it's, I don't know if it's because I go in with lower expectations. That might be it, but I was beyond pleasantly surprised with Predators. Like, just beyond. You know, this film actually made me appreciate Adrian Brody more. Me too. Because everything that I'd seen him in was more dramatic, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, the pianist and those kind of things. Uh, yes. And then to see him actually be like, you know, special forces, black ops kind of deal. I mean, A he was blooded. He was too. believable. Yeah, he was. I mean, he wasn't Arnold yoked, but he was cut. I mm-hmm. mean, he was cut up. He was, again, going away from the everyday man and going, or everyday yep. Superman from, yep. I'm sorry, the Superman from the Arnold and going from the super cop from mm-hmm. to like a different type of, still a super guy, super military, but yet like more realistic, not, ah! and not like one man army. He's part of an elite squad. Unwittingly, though, and not no. Before he right. was unwittingly, oh, yeah, he course. was part of an elite squad. So. Well, and that's even the premise of this film. I really dug, just in terms of this preserve that they're on. But the one thing I wasn't anticipating was number one, how well this movie was shot. It is just gorgeous, and there are some shots in here as well that I was like, oh, I am watching a samurai film, or I am mm-hmm. watching, you know, the man is the. It's just so many different things, but also. The level of design behind the Predators mm-hmm. and how they yep. were kind of expanded. And I I really appreciate it. And also, finally, the fact that Derek Mears plays the old school Predator at the very end. <laughs> it's like, this is wonderful, man. It's like, this is all coalescing so nicely. And the level of kills were great. Um, I never thought I'd get to see Danny Trejo used in such a way as bait in that scene. Right. That I'm like, oh, my God, that is so cruel. And then just for him to be recording help and just playing it over after he's clearly been dead for a while, you know, just to fuck with him. I thought this movie was mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was and and so much fun. And then all of a sudden, Lawrence Fishburne out of nowhere. 
Such a good surprise. That okay, that I wasn't quite anticipating and when he shows up a la Predator, I was like, Oh shit, it's it's Lawrence Fishburne going next level yeah. nuts yeah. in this role. You're too yeah. loud. I can hear you. That means they can hear you. Predator <laughs> Morpheus. I love Lawrence Fishburne Cowboy in this movie. Predator. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah, that the secret word is um or what yeah. What's the word of the yeah? Oklahoma. <laughs> Well, just the fact that he does get to play so unhinged and a survivor of whatever it is, mm-hmm. and then that he's also just, he does what he does. He tries to survive. He's, and, and he's gone mad doing it. Yeah, he's been there 10 seasons. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's wonderful. But then he's also just, in terms of quickly dispatched another time, it's like, oh shit, I thought maybe he would be carrying on with the other cast of characters. Mm-hmm. And I like that there was... Multiple villains in this movie, the the predators themselves or the other people, all all of yeah. them. I mean, Lawrence Fishburne winds up being kind of a, I mean, means a villain, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Topher Grace winds up being a villain. Which now I, I know you hate Topher. Grace. I do hate Topher Grace. He was good in this. He was really good in this. He's creepy he, in this. He mm-hmm. played it really well because first I it kind of pulled the wool over my eyes when I was like, why the fuck is he? here he's nobody he's fucking toe for grace fuck him well he he kind of fulfilled like the comedic res, uh relief that yeah. bill paxton had in predator 2 you know because yeah. he's like ah, ah save me save me and when he falls in the puddle he he's just more, stands up right <laughs> he's kind of a cross between bill paxton and olive oil <laughs> like help me popeye right but then when i realized why he was brought that he's actually a trained serial killer mm-hmm. a trained serial killer uh, seasoned i should say seasoned <laughs> a doctor a dental doctor at that yeah it's kind of terrifying and you're waiting for that because you are you're like he's not a beefcake he's not a badass what's going on and then that reveal it's nice mm-hmm. It's a reminder of that, yes, man is still the most dangerous game. But it also sets up something weird, the fact that we're being watched by predators. Well, yeah. yeah. You know? Well, and this, again, expands beyond. They've got the drone technology now. You've got their hounds. They are gradually... I do like how this is gradually expanding them without making it too forceful for the most part. Uh, we're not digging in too deep. And then... The individual predator designs I thought were rad. Yeah, they were the, super cool. Mm-hmm. There's the falc, the falconer, the falconer, yeah, the, falconer uh-huh. um, the the houndmaster. They, they call it the the berserker, berserker is one of them. Yeah. yeah, with the with the gold like little jaw piece, uh, and then the one with the tusks. Yeah, yeah, all really kind of cool, individualized. Almost, do you think this game is this more of a video game influenced film? I don't know. Cause because it would have to be huge multiplayer, though. Yeah, I, I, I don't think... Because there's not enough, like... There's not enough bang, bang, bang. I mean, okay, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of it in this because it is a Predator movie. But with a video game-inspired movie or even a video game film, it didn't feel like there was levels. That's it fair. didn't feel like anybody was armoring up. It, for, for, it felt more... If, they, if it was a video game, it would be more survival horror mm-hmm. than anything. You know, it, it wasn't... It was not bloody enough to be war game uh, but i think it works on a man is the deadliest game yeah. trope yeah and then seeing it with pretty fresh eyes and of course you know having watched predator recently i'm not going to say i saw too many callbacks to it but i would have appreciated it more being its own film and i think that just comes down to the paying homage is one thing mm-hmm. but 
Also, Genius, you were mentioning, you kind of called it the what? It's the Force Awakens of the Predator. It's just like what Force Awakens did with Star Wars. It took New Hope's bare bones, mm-hmm. bare essence, and just added more stuff to it. It took what you like. It took the bare bones of Predator. You have an elite squad of mercenaries, and they're fighting a Predator. And they're they're in a jungle. Okay, so... How can we make it better? I know. Let's make it a, not a jungle on Earth. Add Walton Goggins to anything. A, and you'll make it instantly better a, a, as a criminal, as a, like a, a Shanker Supreme. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, so what kind of squad we have? Let's get like the deadliest humans there are and mm-hmm. they don't know each other and just drop them in there. The premise alone is fucking dope. The fact that they're just harvesting these people for a nature reserve yep. of, for a fucking to so for safari it's like for pleasure planet zarkon 7 for the predators are these the upper like one percent of predators basically where they can, can afford, afford to, do to something go like on this? like predator safari land i think it's brilliant and i think it's a great premise and the fact that all these characters they in you're started off the movie oh in a free fall holy shit and you're just like what the fuck is happening now I think I soiled myself in, in on on behalf of Adrian Brody's character. Yeah, it's a, it's a great opening shot, and the fact that you are building this mythos of each character. Meanwhile, you're building the mythos of the different predator aspects, yeah. the warring clans. It adds a lot of different stuff to it, but none of it felt like you said forced, or none of it really overstated its welcome. I like the chemistry between the. Um, the squad mm-hmm. because yep. they're all against each other they don't know what the fuck is going on and they're instantly the first time we see four of them they're fighting each other mm-hmm. you know and then we're introduced to more and more and cartel leaders and like mercenaries and warlords and serial killers it's great yeah it can can i point out though the only beef i've got with this film is that they put it together too quickly you, you know, think it was haberdashed? No, no, no. I'm not, talking, I'm not talking about the film being put together. I'm talking about like the pieces in the film, right? So you've got these 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 group of individuals that have never seen each other before, right? And they go into that camp, and then all of a sudden they've got everything figured out, you know. And, and granted, you know, Adrian Brody's character Royce is is super smart, yes, but he's like, you know, when when he leads them in there and he kind of does his little scouting, ex, you know, escapade where he kind of disappears. When he leads them like, into a trap, we know we know they have energy based weapons, but they're heavier than us, you know. And, and this this kind of going on, it's like, but these guys, they never figured that out in the first film, and I think it was because the predator took them out one by one uh-huh. in, in the first film and like these separated guys, them right these guys have all been you know in, in this this trio of predators in the the, the latest film or in predators mm-hmm. is like they're they're all hunting them as a gigantic group they're not picking them off one at a time like a hunter right you, you know and it's like it just, it's a safari game right it just it i don't know i mean that was the only part that that bothered me was the fact that royce put that together so quick mm-hmm. when you know arnold and his crew couldn't piece any of that together you know what i mean well but then again we also have to think about it. it's 20 years with technology but I the mean, only person that knew about it though was was the woman remember that's true because none of the other ones knew and it, because right after that part he says you know you the, the way you looked at it the, the thing that was up on the totem you know what this is and so she kind of goes through the the mythos on the what backstory, she heard right it. but at the same time if you see a laser shoom, come in and blow up you're gonna be like okay that's an energy weapon that's nothing i've never seen before it's not a bullet you know, well, very true. Yeah, I mean, I, I can give you that, but it just, it, it just seemed like it was put together, like the 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 players put it together a little bit too quickly. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they were kind of like, oh, here's what it is. 
because we already know. Yeah, and and what we've talked about with the previous films too. You know, you have the the Reuben Blades character kind of mimics uh, Billy mm-hmm. in terms of having like the little totem that he always holds on to. Mm-hmm. But then you have uh, Marshal Ali when when he kind of like does that uh, that stare off into the distance and that one like that the one shot of him in the face where like the thermal vision is looking at him and he's looking up at the masked predator. Yeah. His like, I guess his conveyance of absolute terror was good. I mean, yeah, because you can see like his, his brows like furrowed. I mean, like he starts to sweat. He's like, like he's genuinely his, scared. His lip is quivering. And then like, she snaps him right out of it and he's just like, Oh, Oh, okay. And it's like, what that, that's, that's awesome. I yeah. mean, that, that is an awesome part of that film. But it was interesting with this, like you were saying, how he plays that Billy role with that. What I thought really played that Billy oh, role yeah. was the guy who played Hanzo, uh, Louis Uzawa. Mm-hmm. When he has that samurai showdown mm-hmm. with the Predator, I was like, that's dope because that's something that, like, not that I've wanted to see, but I thought it would be cool to see the fight between Billy and the Predator in the first one. Nah, I like that off screen. I man. do too. I do too, but I still would like to have seen. In my mind, it looks fucking cool. This is the stuff that I ended up drawing on my Trapper Keeper mm-hmm. back in the day, and that's what I thought they kind of brought this movie out. To have a samurai showdown yeah. with a predator, I thought was fucking slick. The way I mean, it was the way shot, it shot, yeah. The way like the just just and they're both just like two warriors engaging in they in some sort of like not gentlemanly duel, but honorable the, combat, honorable combat, and that that's one thing I've always liked about the Predator. You know, they'll fuck you up. But they have at least some sense of honor. Well, the ones that don't necessarily have the the beep, 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 that little device. <laughs> Honestly, if I'm going to go down, I'm going to take as many motherfuckers. I got honor to a certain extent. Well, do you think? Oh, actually, okay. Here's I didn't realize. The, the ones that are warring against the younger ones, the ones that we've seen that do uh, have the self-destruct, do you think maybe that's a dishonorable thing? And the ones that are larger, they don't actually possess that? Like that's frowned upon potentially? Possibly. You know, because we don't know why they're battling, right? We don't know why they're two warring tribes, but they could be. One is like, you know what? We need to go back to the old ways where it was man or uh, predator against its prey, and not this. If you lose, <laughs> you know, you take everybody with you. Bullshit. That's for you young. That's <laughs> that's for you Instagram users. Yeah, that's for you kids out in Delaware. Yeah, with your technology. <laughs> back in my day, we only had like three. We pointed. had nuke bombs. Yeah, we didn't have that. Trying to think what is Predator for uh, Get Off My Lawn. Is it? <laughs> oh, that's horrible. No, that's this Klingon. That's not. Oh, and that's, for lo- and that's for loneliness. <laughs> it's definitely kind of a greatest hits, uh, but it's it played well. I uh, Like I said, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it because I wasn't anticipating enjoying it all that much. But man, it really, it was made, I think, by people that loved the franchise. Mm-hmm. And you talked about Robert Rodriguez's imprint as, on, as producer, yeah. And the guy who directed it, his name Nimrod Anatol. Yep. Uh huh. And he hasn't. I know him from that uh, Metallica movie, um, oh, some kind of yeah. monster. No, not that. Um, uh, Through the Never. Yes. Yeah. And Beca- Master of Puppets. And he has some very post-apocalyptic set pieces. Oh, he did in that Vacancy. Movie? No, he's. He definitely has a style and a vision, mm-hmm. and it it plays through here, but with Predators. I'm telling you, it's The Force Awakens and Predators. It's what you like from the first one. You know, mercenary squads, Predators, jungles, and just adds a little bit more to it. Well, and you also have John Debney playing uh, the, the composing role. 
you know, the Sylvester role. And the fact that he brought a lot of the same musical cues in, mm-hmm. I think that, that for me at least, tied it together and made it a little bit more seamless between the, the, the three the, films. The dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it works. And it will, if it, you're, you're calling back to something 23 years earlier, which makes sense. Again, kind of appeasing those fans, mm-hmm. but also bringing in people because you're going to be bringing in a new audience at this point as well. And like we said on our um, remake show, it's got time to breathe. Yes, it does. 20 years yeah. is quite a bit of time. And you're going to find that new audience ideally. And you're going to be able to kind of appease them with, I believe Nicotero did some of the practical effects on this film. Oh, I could definitely see Oh, yeah, see it. I could yeah. see that. Yeah, which it plays through. And the practical effects in the film. It's pretty gory. It's pretty good and gory. I was very pleased with what I saw. So final thoughts on Predators. I enjoy it immensely. I think people need to give that one more of a shot. I'm very glad I did. I am very glad I did. I'm because, very glad you did, too. Me, too. Well, now watching it, it actually plays for me as a nice trilogy. Mm-hmm. But as it stands, <laughs> that being said, there are other films. In fact, one that just came out two years ago. Mm-hmm. That's kind of crazy to think about. Wow. One that I was rooting for yes. from the get go. Yep. When I realized that we heard that it was Shane Black was directing it, mm-hmm. but it was going to be written by Fred Decker, who listened. I mean, one of our first commentary tracks, I think, was for Night of the Creeps. Uh, a man who we love and adore. Fred Decker is great, and the Black and Decker put them together. They make phenomenal stuff. Monster Squad, baby. Right? Mm-hmm. You cannot go wrong. So we, we hear this, and it's like we know Shane Black has involvement with the franchise. Yeah, he was in the original Predator. I mean, if anybody's going to do some justice, we think, with, and like reverence, we think. Well, it's hold, gonna, you you know my take on this. I don't think that the, this was Shane Black and Fred Decker's movie. Well, first and foremost, my first question was, well, how do the uh, Predators celebrate Christmas on their planet? Because <laughs> if we're doing Shane Black, you know, when we're going... That's to, what threw you know, us his... off. That's what threw this movie off. It was Halloween, remember? Yeah, it is a Halloween yeah. film. Should have been Christmas. Yep. But t- well, maybe, maybe, but I listen... One from Ednog. Now I have a plasma can of two. Listen, listen, they're... There's a reason why we never devoted up an episode to it on the main feed when it came out. We are a podcast of positivity. And I thought maybe going in this time, trying to rewatch it again, that maybe I'd have a different perspective or reaction. But my reaction is the same. And that reaction, I think, Dustin, is your tenant. This, it's, a mess of, it's a mess of a movie. It, it is. It's, it's trying to capture all of the magic from the first three iterations and like specifically the first two. And it just doesn't hit. Oh, I mean, I mean, it's going as far as having Jake Busey play the son of Gary Busey's kid as the, you know, the, <laughs> I'll avenge dad. Hey, everybody, my dad got cut in half in a meat locker. <laughs> I'm gonna piss on the ouch just in honor. <laughs> but no, it is very devoted to that. And I can see bits and pieces of the movie where I'm like, oh, that could have been cool. And I but. Even Man. the kid going trick or treating with the helmet. Oh, I mean, I can we talk to can we talk to the fact that he is a murderer? Oh yeah, I, a, yeah. Because when the bullies uh, like like yell at him, he like turns around, but it like when he gets hit with the rock, the cannon auto fires and blows that dude's house up. And I'm just like, Jesus, you little sociopath! I'm not gonna lie, that was probably my favorite part of yeah, mine too. <laughs> the, the whole that whole subplot with the kid finding that it was great. Well, and the, just, I just the, didn't. I was hoping. Fingers crossed when they had the kid in the predator that there wasn't some sort of like 
he's got predator DNA or oh. something like that, you oh, know? No. I was no, like, man, I, this is going to be extra. The, the, I actually just love the, the the shot of him just with that oversight. Maybe the oversight yeah. helmet <laughs> going trick-or-treating was great. He, he, looked was like, a, he looked like the alien from ID4. Yeah, he, yes, <laughs> he did. Big ass head, little yes, head body. Yes, he did. <laughs> I, there was a lot of good stuff that could have been in that movie. Well, and I, my problem and from the get-go, sadly, is I love all the actors involved, but I, for me, it just doesn't work. Their chemistry, the dialogue, no, the was, jokes. And I, I don't know, and this is the question for maybe some of our younger viewers. May, and again, I guarantee a lot of people probably saw this was probably their first Predator movie. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. I felt old watching this because I just felt like the jokes didn't work for me. And I was just like, oh, that's more offensive than f- not funny. I think because it was a different kind of humor than we were used to. It was more mean-spirited humor. There wasn't any... And I understand, like, yeah, there's guys ribbing on each other in the first one. I mean, and, and even in the second one, there's not that much. The humor is just kind of natural. But this mm-hmm. one just seemed like they were making bad jokes to make bad jokes. It didn't seem natural or forced at all. And it was at the yeah. expense of other people, not just even in their crew. Just, just, I don't know. Well, when you, you wanted when, to see them die. Well, when when you guys told me that we were going to be you know doing this retrospective, I went back and watched The Predator again. The, the part with Olivia Munn and Thomas Jane in the hotel room doesn't hit for me in 2018 you know it just it's just not 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 necessarily it's just number one it's not acceptable but it's just not funny yeah mm-hmm. it's like back in 87 when when hawkins and 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 billy were having a little tit for tat he was doing that to try to get him to laugh yep. you know he was trying to elicit a response not to, not to an elicit it ew get away yeah. from me you sexual deviant that's the thing i think it was like it was these movies were more fun now, what Shane Black did with the kid, I think, take away the whole mercenary aspect. And I think, like you were saying, it's trying to put too much of everything in there. We don't need another ragtag group of mercenaries. Well, you know, here recently, I just I just kind of hit me. Shane Black has been incorporating kids in a lot of his stuff. Mm-hmm. Iron Man 3, there's mm-hmm. a kid. Yep. The Nice Guys, there's a kid. And for the most part, they've worked out pretty well. But I think this is the one time where the kid wasn't the weak link. It was just kind of everything else around him. And even the the Uber Predator design. It was bad CGI on that one. Yeah, that it just, really... just didn't look cool. You know, all the other Predators looked very cool. He looked more like Space Hulk than Predator. You know, just, yeah, and maybe it was this, 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 the scope that was off for some reason. But I loved what they did with the the tangible ones, the ones that they still had in costume. Right. But yeah. It just took me out of it so, so much. And that's what, with the first three for the most part, you know, especially Predators, I think, blended the CGI and the practical pretty well. But this one, it's just it took me out of it, unfortunately. Like I said, there's some good stuff. I do like the the idea of that kid running around with the predator stuff. I love yeah. that idea. That was the that should have been more of the movie. Sadly, it was only that's three minutes of the film. Sterling K. Brown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He did a yeah. great job in this film. Wasted. Yeah, yeah. absolutely wasted. wasted. I mean, because I like the part where they're they're doing the interrogation first, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, he saw something." Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, I mean, see like more those beats. that kind of humor than just some of the. Oh, so that worked for me. Yeah. Um, what else worked for me on this one? I loved the. I like the idea of a rogue predator going around trying to be the ultimate, you know, and getting all the. I don't like how it was executed. 
You know, I love the idea of rogue predators. I think that's very cool. You know, just I'll fuck the honor system and I'm going to kill whatever I can. I think we've established there's a weird honor system. There is a weird honor And I kind of like the idea of the incoming human predator war. I think that might be cool. I don't know if I want to see it on the big screen. I don't know if I needed that teaser. Uh, I kind of like the idea of us being lower on the food chain it adds more fear to the predator well it, it wasn't well think back to the film though man it, it wasn't like one of those things where the rogue predator just wanted to fuck everything up the reason why the uber predator was tracking the smaller one was because the smaller one was going to give the exosuit to the humans, the humans and, and he wanted to up. stop that yeah so i mean like you said the the human predator war i think would be an awesome like take but it's just like you said I don't need an 11 foot tall predator. We already have right. seven foot tall predators that right. can just, just yeah. eviscerate everything. Yeah. We you don't know? need more. What are we going to get a 22 foot tall predator and predator five? They're all <laughs> exactly. They're already a threat. We don't need another threat now. Like the two warring tribes. Yes. But as long as they're on the scale, it's like we we're fine with Ghidra. We're fine with Mecha Ghidra. We don't need super ultra Mecha Ghidra. You know what I'm saying? Well, to me, this one almost does the the Force Awakens things as well as well. It's not a Death Star, but it's a planet. It's a Star Killer base. Star Killer base, right? And with this one again, it's not necessarily the. It's. Uh, I think there were just. I think there were too many hands. There too in many the pie. Exactly. At this point. Too many there cooks just, in the kitchen. There's just. It was going so many different ways. The editing was rough. Like I said, I went in wanting to love this movie. I went in with, I even went in with lowered expectations wanting to love this film. I was like, just win me over with a little bit. Mm-hmm. But through repeated viewings, man, it's just, it's been tough. And again, maybe there is a director's cut out there. Those director's cuts and this and that. But you always want to see their vision of what they intended. Yeah. For a sci-fi horror franchise... Three out of four movies, that's a pretty good track record. Oh, absolutely. That's absolutely. a really good track record. I mean, even for like any genre. Well, I'm not <laughs> I'm not including no, I know. I'm not including A V P. That's a whole you know, speaking about good things about the Predator, at least we could see it. Yeah, <laughs> oh man, sure. you know Requiem? what I'm saying? Yeah. At least we could see it. And I, I think they listened to a lot of that that feedback, you know, because Requiem was so dark and you had a you had trouble seeing everything. I just I wish they wouldn't have relied so heavily on CGI. Mm. And didn't they go back to fix up some of the CGI on this one? Well, see, they that's, released. That's, they had like we have to push it back. We got to do some more stuff. Yeah, there there were a lot of uh, a lot of reshoots on the film. And one of the things I think that that they did not necessarily dissatisfies me, but kind of disappoints me, is that there were supposed to be two Yautja that were fighting with that ragtag group of you know headcase mercenaries. Right? Mm-hmm. We didn't get that. We we got the one that got his head ripped off that didn't really serve a purpose, right? Other than just to, to show how big and bad the other right. one is, and and that was really it. I'm like disrespectful. Yeah. So so here's the question. I'm then. not mad. I'm disappointed. Yeah. Do we need a new Predator film at I this think, point? I think if the right script is, I think if the right script, the right story. Yes, okay. I would love to see more predator now i know we haven't really talked about this but there is a fan film that's been out for a long time it's called predator dark ages and if any of your listeners have not watched it it is incredible for a fan film and i mean i'm not just saying oh it's incredible for steve from you know steve from account yeah from albany that made it no it is a good film period i mean it's got over i think 12 million views on youtube so if you've got like 18 19 minutes i think it was what it runs at it's amazing, mm-hmm. but they've we've got more legs that we can do with the universe as opposed to trying to make bigger, better predators. Go back to 
you know, when, when I would love to see Predator in the Old West. Well, no, the the Predator when when he flips the gun to Harrigan. Yeah, there's actually a comic story about that 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 pirate ship that he takes that that uh, that black powder pistol off of. Ooh, I would, yeah, exactly. I would love to see Predator in the middle of Civil War, a Predator you know? period piece. Right, I think it would be fantastic. Like you said, like you said, Dark Ages, that's Predator set in medieval times mm-hmm. with like Knights Templar oh, and shit. Oh, it's badass. That sounds badass, you know? And we could see like the evolution of that species because maybe they don't have as sophisticated weapons as the three-pointed later system, but they have technology superior to ours. Mm-hmm. So yeah, seeing him in that time period would be slick. Well, and as we speak, like I said, I I think in development there is another Predator film yep. being put together right now, which begs the question then for you guys, we just kind of talked about it. Now, I will say the idea that I'm going to propose here comes from the Shockwaves podcast back in the day, but they always thought it would be a fun idea is if, um, you, in terms of converging universes, if you set the Predator on Purge Night. So like, you know, the universe that exists within <laughs> the Purge and the Predator shows up on that night. And just chaos ensues. I mean, you wouldn't be able to do anything against it. No, that's. <laughs> I mean, you can or, or even unless he's there to actually, actually, he he's there to purposely participate in the purge. <laughs> <laughs> I heard this party's pretty slick. Just goes around decimates all of New York. Want some candy? Want some Frank Grillo? And just, he does walk through customs like those other ones in Part Three when they're like, "Oh right yeah, <laughs> murder tourists." <laughs> you know, it'd be kind of fun even seeing like. In the future, Predator, like, in, in the in space. In space. You know? No, maybe, like, you know, the futuristic Predator. I mean, just something. But I think there's definitely more stories of the Predator. The the only thing I would be worried about, like, Predator in the future or whatever, is because we're, we're at least me, I'm bitching about the, the overuse of CGI. Oh, it would you totally know so CGI. So yeah. terrible. So you, CGI. I mean, they'd have freaking, like, multi-lasers. No, no. But and... what I was thinking is not even in the future. We were talking about combining franchises. What if they come back to Earth, like, right during Judgment Day? And so now it's Predator versus Skynet. You know they they do have it in the comic book or Predator versus Terminator Robocop. versus Predator. I mean we they got, got that too. They got that too. We I and I love Predator versus Batman and it works. It, there's a lot of legs that this franchise could have. A lot of what ifs crossovers, but it has to be done right. Like un, like we said when it came with the Predator, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed, especially with the pedigree that it had for what we got, Agreed. as opposed to like something with the with Predators, which. Is another great serviceable sequel. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think if you give us good character actors, good characters that we're invested in, mm-hmm. make it fun. You got yeah. That's the key. Yeah. Part one was extremely fun. Part two was fun. Part three was fun. You know, part four was too much fun. You got to keep that balance. <laughs> if you're going to juggle genres, yeah. you got to juggle them all well and, and stop with the callbacks. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't need the hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, kind of to get get to the chopper. Right. Right. Oh, come yeah, on. Yeah, that man. was that, and to make it a focal point, like ah, did it? Did you remember this from the first movie? Come on, man. Yeah, it's listen. I again, so many things going wrong with that. So I'd be curious if there was another cut out there. But quite honestly, it could have been worse. Yeah, possibly. It could have been worse. It could have been worse. It could have been worse. worse. And you know what? I think it could have been requiem. <laughs> I tell you what, man, they had some dope. They had some really dope merchandising like and, and marketing for that that film. I I actually own the Predator 
movie poster hanging it's in a my slick poster. Yeah. It's I mean, a the neon orange poster. one. Yeah, it's, it's a badass. Poster. Yeah, it is. No, they, 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 always going to find something positive out of there, whether it is mm-hmm. the merchandise or the marketing. But I, listen, you know, obviously, we know you're going to check out the new Predator film when oh, it comes yeah. out. I have a chance. I I'll I'll see it, of course. And then, genius, you know, you will. Oh yeah, it's Predator. We don't we don't have that many friends, guys. <laughs> yeah, no. we're all gonna see it together, probably. <laughs> More than likely, we'll see how that goes. But um, this has been a blast, actually, and it's been. A, I'm glad I got a chance to see the newbie. Got a chance to you know rewatch some of the old ones as well, but also just a chance to share and talk this particular franchise on this show. Mm. <laughs> Doesn't happen very often, so thank you, Dustin. I appreciate it, guys. Thank of you course. very much. Mm-hmm. Of course. Now here in the month of December. I think, are we still going death Yeah, let's go death Okay, <laughs> we're calling it now. So every title that we will be talking will have the word death in there, mm-hmm. one way or the other. Now, whether it is holiday-themed or not, we will we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, so until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. <laughs>